Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian certified practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Bindi. Nice to be back. Yes. Now, we have a disclaimer as always. So, uh, you are not a medical doctor. I am not. But you are one of the seven certified functional medicine practitioners in Australia. I am. And we just have to beware of imitations because there are some out there. You are the real deal. Yeah, look, and as I always say, what is functional medicine? And people, a lot of people who claim to be functional medicine practitioners are functional medicine practitioners in as far as all naturopathic holistic is functional. But to be a certified practitioner means you've been studied through the Institute of Functional Medicine in Oregon, mm-hmm. Portland. Um, you do a bucket load of extra study and it's all biochemistry and pathology and all that lovely stuff. And you sit in an exam that I never want to see. They actually <laughs> reckon it's harder than the board certified medical exam in, in um in the US, so I am a I'm, I'm, I'm a I am board certified functional medicine in the US, but I'm not a doctor in this country. But they, so it's a little bit different to all this functional medicine. But to be certified functional medicine is a completely different ball game. And that's something I've learned is that um, what what we call a doctor here, or you know, a certain practitioner, is different in other countries. Yeah, like in in Switzerland, <clears throat> you know, if you've done the proper training, you're a you can either be Doctor Med, which is conventional, or Doctor mm. Nat, yep. or stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're pretty much as good as a doctor. No, I can't say that. Actually, better than a doctor. Don't say that. Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> In my opinion, that's oh. my opinion. I'll own that one. I won't say anything. <sighs> now, one thing I want to talk to you about today: mm-hmm. something that I've been struggling with: sleep. Mm. Sleep. The S word. Mm. And no doubt you have so many patients that you see that struggle to sleep, get to sleep, stay asleep. Correct. There's different, that's exactly right, there's different forms of insomnia. Mm. Um, Insomnia just means inability to sleep um, most of the time, long term, I guess. Um, You know, if you've got a, if you have a sleepless night because you've got that big dissertation due at five o'clock the next day, that's not insomnia. Mm. Everybody gets that. And that, and while we stay awake, there's a number of reasons why we stay awake at night. Um, We have two hormones in play and I wish I could draw a graph (laughs) and I'm trying to, I'm going to keep it simple. I promise. I promise. I promise. (laughs) She says blinking rapidly. No, we, so there's two hormones called cortisol and melatonin and most people have heard of cortisol and melatonin and, yes, when you prescribed prednisone and cortisone, that is the, the um, artificial form of cortisol. So cortisol is theoretically our anti-inflammatory bright eye bushy tail hormone and it works in close conjunction with melatonin, our sleepy-eyed hormone. And as um, we wake up, let's start in the morning, it's called cortisol awakening response. CAR, C-A-R, and we can test this. And you wake up in the morning and it should be before 9 9 a.m. 
Um, and I didn't make that number up, and I, you know, um, because basically by then cortisol kind of starts to rise at about three o'clock in the morning and um, decreases the melatonin. As cortisol goes up, melatonin goes down. They work, con- what's the word, conversely to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, as when we sort of wake up around about 6 to 8 a.m., our melatonin's already dropping. The minute we wake up, we get a spike of cortisol from our adrenals, um, which are the little glands that sit above the kidneys, adrenal, and it spikes the cortisol within 30 minutes. That's so when we go outside the cave or the village, we can look around for tigers or any marauding villages. Yeah? That's, that's the natural response. Then it naturally drops back down again to about half the level of that at lunchtime, um, and then it um, peaks again in the afternoon, should peak again in the afternoon, and then we have a rapid decline. And if you think about melatonin, it should be the other way around. So it's a little, you can wake up a bit pink and sleepy. As you get that spike of cortisol half an hour after waking you up, you should be bright and alert. And then as it drops, we do get a bit pink and sleepy again in the afternoon, and then as the evening comes, as the light goes, because it also works with our pineal gland, this, which is the, um, in a lot of cultures called our third eye, mm-hmm. um, and that responds to light, which we'll talk about further. And then basically as the cortisol drops post-sunset, the melatonin increases and we should go to bed. That's the ideal. The problem is with sleep disturbances, that is all gone to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Right, so you can have an, an aberrant cortisol awakening response, a shift to the left, and this is the most common. So people can get to sleep because they're exhausted. Yeah, but that cortisol starts spiking at about. Oh, everyone's different. I'm making this up. Maybe one a.m. Mm-hmm. So you all got that waking level of cortisol at three o'clock. So you wake up and you get that car right there, boom. Mm. So then at three thirty, you're thinking, "Fudge, why aren't I can't go back to sleep." Because you're already looking for the tigers, mm. right? Then it's already starting to drop by the time you get up because you've finally gone back to sleep and you're going, give me a coffee, who am I again? <laughs> right? And then it's just – and then because it's, it's so much shifted to the left, come afternoon and evening you're going, right, party. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. yeah right? You've had a camera in here, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> It's really, really quite common. So the other one is where you and, and there's different and the term adrenal fatigue or exhaustion is is no longer fashionable. But the, 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 what happens is still the same thing. And in functional medicine, we talk about four stages, mm-hmm. um, and that shift to the left is pretty going around stage two or three. By the time you get to stage four, you ain't got no cortisol whatsoever, and you can't actually wake up at all. And they're the ones that. A label chronic fatigue syndrome and can sleep all day round. Wow. So that's a different thing. Maybe we should do a thing on that mm. podcast. So that's the most common. The, depending on how your how much your cortisol shifted to the left is like a lot of people can't fall asleep at night because they're already it's so far shifted they're already doing that before they even go to sleep. Mm. Right. So why is this a problem? Well, first of all, we're not bats. And, mm. and our life, we are diurnal and our life revolves around light time and our offices revolve around light time and light, I'm saying, not night. And um, so it's important we, that we function in, in society. Um, that is important. Um, but the other thing is that sleep is actually our brain, the only time it can actually detox because it's the master freaking computer. Mm. Mm. How do we... I don't know about you with your laptop, but I sometimes forget to actually close it down and it's like all these funny little thingies on it and, oh, I've got to shut it down and reboot it. It's a reboot. It's exactly the same. Yep. Physiologically, we have little cells called glial cells in 
past um, that sort of stack around our neurons, which are our nerves everywhere. But of course, the two areas that have the largest concentration of neurons are the brain and the gut. Mm-hmm. Mm? Mm. Right. Um, and they're, they're right at, I've talked about this before, this is digressing, but it's so cool, I'm going to say it again. Um, when we are at embryonic level point of conception, we've only got three layers, and the middle layer is just gut and brain cells. And I can remember as a pupil midwife asking and I got into trouble, <laughs> just accepted pupil quantity, but I can't accept it, I have to know why. Well, I know now why. There you go. Thank you, functional medicine. Um, so these glial cells are our detox cell. That's where all our neurons, just keeping it simple, mm. dump all our shit and our nervous shit because nerves are actually physical things. They're not just like we often think of the brain as um, – as this esoteric, you know, mental health thing, but it's actually an organ. Yeah. It's actually a physical organ, mm. right? And they, it has to detox like everything else and it's such a stupid word, detox, but I've tried to think of another word and I can't. So I'm going to call it detox. It has to dis- discharge all its, its, its products of metabolism. There's always end products of metabolism our bodies have to get rid of. The brain, you know, our livers work hard all day doing it, our guts work hard, we poop in the morning and all this sort of stuff. We wee all day, that's detoxing our proteins and amines and all that sort of stuff and purines through the liver, uh, kidney, I beg your pardon. But our brain can't do that because it, we need it. Mm. And the only time we can do detox those glial cells, so the glial cells sort of build all up and then they discharge and detox and go through physical um, discharging is when we're asleep in that deep REM sleep. I think it's deep REM sleep. Don't quote me on that. We're deep level of sleep. Yeah. So it is actually important. And the, the 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 ideal amount of sleep, some people do need less sleep than others. There's no, there's nothing wrong. If you need 12-hour sleep, you need a 12-hour sleep and you've got to build your life around it. I'm actually very lucky and probably need about seven. But seven is the lot, is the less you should have. So the likes of Margaret Thatcher, for instance, she always claimed, and I think Churchill did too, he only no Churchill was the opposite. He needed a lot. There was another famous person can't remember <laughs> that, that. Oh, what's his name? Reagan, I think that he oh, they only needed three hours sleep a night. Wow. Well, they ended up with Alzheimer's. Ah. They couldn't. So what happens when inf, when toxins build up on the brain? Oh, maybe inflammation. Hmm. Right. So um, it's not Reagan. Don't I can't remember. Uh, anyway, so it's really important that we sleep. So it's not. You know, because sometimes when I was younger, I used to think, oh, it's a bit inconvenient this sleep. <laughs> I do so much more, I didn't have to sleep. <laughs> but um, it is actually important. And you guess what? The good Lord got it right, just for a change. So um, so it is really important. And then if you start stressing about not sleeping, that makes it even worse because you spike your cortisol, right? Mm. Um, and, and, and those people who don't sleep at all, they're on that stage one of adrenal um, uh, alert where their cortisol is just high all the time. So, of course, your melatonin's down because there's tigers everywhere. Mm. Okay? So what we've got to do is try and shift that cortisol awakening response back to your right to, to where it needs to go on the graph. Um, and how do we do this? That's a very good question, Bindi. How do we do this? Um, what, uh, you know, so magnesium we were just discussing before we went on air is, Mm. you know, um, is a, is a really important thing. Magnesium is your quintessential karma downer. Yeah. It works closely with another mineral called calcium. Now calcium will move into all our cells, whether it's a muscle cell or a neuron and activate it. That's what it's supposed to do. That causes muscle contraction, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Magnesium pushes calcium back out into the bones where it's supposed to be and 
chills. It's a calcium channel blocker. And anyone who's on certain hypertensive knows all about calcium channel blockers because a lot of drugs work like this to keep your blood pressure down. Yeah. To de- to relax the little tiny vessels in your uh, muscles around your blood vessels and that keeps your blood pressure down. Yeah. When we are burning the handle at both ends, when we have 40 balls in the air, even if we love it, Bindi, even if we love it, we require fourfold the magnesium because we're just using it up. Mm. Okay? So magnesium is one of those um, really, really good supplements that we all should be on. And I have people say to me, oh, I don't want to take any supplement. That's absolutely fine. You go sit at the foothills of Mount Warning <laughs> with the Harry Krishnas, sing mantras all day, only pick your food on the day you're going to eat it. It has to be organic and probably metabolically appropriate. <laughs> you will never need another supplement again. <sighs> who's li- hands up whose life's like that. Mm, Don't see any. Nope. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So get yourself that magnesium out of the cupboard. Yes. All right. Okay. Things like, and, and there are, you know, oils aren't oils are always. So magnesiums aren't magnesiums. There's mm. lots of different ones. The cheap ones of certain um, uh, supplement companies in certain stores like supermarkets and certain chemists, beware the magnesium oxide. If it's mm. a solid tablet, check it, make sure it's not magnesium oxide because that's basically Epsom salts. Mm. And that'll just go through, through you like a dose of salts. <laughs> All right. But if you want to buy Epsom salts and put them in your bathtub, you will actually absorb it. Mm. Epsom salts are about $6 a kilo in Australia if you go to the supermarket. But if you go to the produce shops, which we very can do here in, in, in country Queensland, um, you can get a bag of Epsom salts for about 25 bucks yeah. Australian. So you can put two big cups in. It feels fantastic. Mm. A couple of drops of lavender. Um, but also taking oral magnesium in the form of glycinates, bisglycinate, chelates. If your gut's not right, you will probably poop a bit. So start slowly. Um, but also setting that routine at night is really important. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this previously and uh, is it, Circadian rhythms are also part of this as well in that um, you have a sleep routine and you have a sleep hygiene. Yes. Um, So making sure that you, um, you know, stay away from blue light and all that kind of stuff before bed and um, so not on your phone before you go to sleep like most of us are. Or Um, at least put a blue light filter on, mm. which is not ideal but better. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, um, sort of starting to wind down before bed um, to get you into that state so that you can sleep. Yeah, you know, they say if you go camping for three weeks, you no one has a sleep problem. Mm. Um, that's pretty because after three weeks, it's so bloody boring. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a glamper. Um, um, but even things like, now what, let's talk about this blue light. And we've talked about my, the third eye or the pineal gland, right, which is the um, gland that actually just sits behind the bone and most and – be, our, our skull bones are quite porous because otherwise we wouldn't be able to lift our heads off. They'd be so heavy. Mm. If they were the same density as our femurs, for instance, we couldn't lift our head off the ground mm. because they'd be so heavy. Um, so they are a little bit lighter. So the light does go in. Amazing. Our bodies are amazing. So um, the body's been designed for blue light. So sunrise contains more blue light than sunset. Yep. Right? As the sun rises and the, and the sun's in the sky higher, there's more blue light. Um, and that that sets our circadian rhythm. That actually elicits our cortisol awakening response. They all work closely together. And you know, I'm 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 talking and thinking madly. I think it's Dr. Panda has done a lot of research. I have heard him speak, amazing man. And he's even got an app and stuff 
if you want to have a look at it, um, about how important blue light is. All our digital devices are run by blue light. Well, you yeah. know, if you can't find the bloody channel on the television, it's blue, right? <laughs> no one has that trouble except for me out and whoop, whoop, where I can't get a smart telly. Um, and fortunately, with the advent of our lovely LED lights, which I'm a great proponent of, you have to buy the warm ones in your lounge room and bedroom. Right. Because the blue ones are blue light. Mm. You know, this is the problem with fluoros. If you, if you work anywhere with fluoros, they're usually blue light. Yeah. And decide the fact they gas off. Let's not even go there. Mm. Um, and absolutely correct, Bindi. Most people, you know, would should be in bed. I hate the word should, but they should be in bed by 10, as long as you can get that 7 to 12 hours, mm. 10 p.m. Um, and... Two hours before that, they recommend no blue light. Yeah. So that includes television. Mm. You can get filters and screens. I think they're just available in even, you know, office works and stuff to put – or glasses. I think you can order them on the internet. Blue yeah, light you can. Filtering yeah. glasses. Yeah. Um, the Apple does it. You can put the blue light screen on. But, you know, you, when I, the iPad, it looks stupid. Yeah. Or yellow, but it's got to be done because I actually read on my iPad and that's on my Kindle. Yeah. Um, which is not ideal. Don't do it. Um, and um, just, you know, turning – some people even just buy a red light and put it – and sit there and, you know, have a warm bath and put, put a red light on in, mm. their, in, their ba- in their bathrooms. It doesn't have to be the, the big light, just a little light. That's becoming really popular. Um, oh, is people, it? people doing red light therapy, mm. like actually sitting in front of it and chilling. Mm. That was huge. When I did my Swiss Biological Medicine in t- – no, it was the initial tour I did in 2012. So we're talking eight, nine years ago. No, it was yeah, about eight years ago. We were um, we, we met these, all these amazing people on a, on a bus, all the natural medicine therapists, and we went to this guy's place. We had to leave all our phones on the bus. We weren't even allowed to have them on flight mode. Um, and he had he talked a lot about different light therapies, and he had these big looked like you remember the. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Da, yeah. Da, da. It was always like that. Um, and it was amazing. And, you know, for a long time I, you know, tried really hard to, to follow his. But it's hard. It's hard work. Mm. It's hard work. It's okay if it's your life, but it's hard work. But, yeah, so red light therapy, it's good to see it's going into mainstream. Mm. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic. Things like that, you know, calm the farm. No coffee. I mean, that's a no-brainer. You know, and again, it's all about that the first leg of the stool we, I, I always talk about in mm. functional medicine, eugenetics. There are um, detox genes called cytochrome P450, CYB450, and there's different ones. Um, and they, they, everyone have, has different mutations or snips of them. Um, I have one that I can't metabolise coffee terribly quick. Right. So if I have a coffee at lunchtime, it's pretty, caffeine's pretty still in my system wow. at 8 o'clock. And I have friends who bloody have coffee, you know, at 8 o'clock at night and can sleep. Ironically, espresso is completely different. If you have an espresso, it's completely different because apparently a lot of the coffees, the caffeine's extruded out and I can have a – I don't do it every night but I can have an espresso after a nice meal. Mm. My German cousin taught me that. Uh, but so if you think you have a problem with – you know, you, the, 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 the slow metabolizers are the ones after two coffees feeling a bit jittery or I just get psyched up. Mm, it doesn't impact me at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you have a sleep problem, so I pretty suggest you don't have coffee after. That's a big sigh. What time was your last coffee? <laughs> about, oh, four hours ago. <laughs> yeah, what about at night? Oh, um, at night, I only had one yesterday. Oh, good. Excellent. In so just in the morning. That's all right. I'll allow that. Mm. 
So that's that's your tip. And don't forget, um, not that I, I'm a great proponent of Coca-Cola anyway, Coke's really high in caffeine, mm. right? Um, some of the cacaos are high in caffeine. Uh, of course, we, it's a no-brainer. No one should ever, ever touch those energy drinks because they're dangerous uh. anyway. Um, so all of that stuff's got to go. Um, if you are really having trouble sleeping, I would suggest not even having coffee for a couple of days and see if it makes a difference. Oh, my God. Did it make a difference when you're doing phase one metabolic balance? Did you sleep those nights? Mm, only because I was exhausted because mm. I hadn't. Mm. Might be worth a try, Bindi. Oh, don't just, do that to me. Just to get a good dog going <laughs> organic decaf. Ooh. <laughs> actually, what, what, the way my husband d- does, he, um, he does a – I actually don't have a problem with coffee. Like as a practitioner, mm. I don't have a problem with coffee if you are okay with it. But if you have a sleep problem, it might be worth trying. Mm. Okay. Try the magnesium first. Yes, I'll start with that. <laughs> okay. Um, even things like, as I said, having a bath, well, you know, we, as we know in Queensland, January, February is the glove. So um, <laughs> getting into the bloody bath – in the it's like you know getting in. People say to me, "Oh, do you use your sauna in in summer?" And I said, "I live in Queensland. What do you reckon? I have I have a sauna twenty four seven. You don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of it. But you can actually just um, get magnesium creams or make. I actually like the amazing. They've got a sleep one with lavender. I have got no. Um, I don't get any kickback from this company. I just really recommend it as a practitioner. Um, they, they've got two. They've got several, but the only ones I recommend for sleep is the sleep one. And there's another one called a um, the pain one, they, I don't know, they work really well and you could just rub those off. You can get sprays as well, magnesium sprays. Well, that's what they are yeah. but that's the only brand I find works for sleep. Yeah, okay. Personally through my clinic. Yeah. We've tried lots um, and that doesn't feel like you're actually wearing a pair of pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some of those creams you're thinking, really? Come on already. <laughs> yeah, so. And the other thing is make sure you have, a, uh, have um, not a huge meal but just have some protein in your meal at night because mm. a lot of people wake up that 3 o'clock is actually also when their blood sugar drops. Mm. So if you're not having, um, don't ever fast at night if you have a sleep problem. Don't eat too close, don't have a huge meal, but just make sure you do have your palm-sized portion of protein. And, of course, if you're doing metabolic balance, that's not a problem. Yeah. And, and I always am always been a big advocate of metabolic balance being great for sleep. It certainly cured my sleep and a lot of other people's, but, you know, you've made me a bit sad, Bindi, saying <laughs> it hasn't worked for you, but mm. there you go. Um, yeah, so that is – have I covered everything? Is there anything else you have uh, I think about? I think that um, will help, yes. definitely. Um, but, yes, so to recap, magnesium. Yes. Um, and avoiding blue light, coffee, any yes. kind of caffeine. Yep. Um, and making sure that we prepare ourselves for sleep beforehand. Yes. So making sure that we wind down yes. and, and that sleep hygiene as well. So making yeah. sure you, you don't just fall into bed. Yes. Actually. Um, have a routine. Have a routine. Go and have your shower. Even, even as a shower, like when people, kids have trouble sleeping, I say to the parents, it's got to be a routine sort of dinner. It's kind of more or less the same time, you know, you, um, and then you have your shower, read a book. If you can... Grab a um, blanket and lie out on the ground and just look at the stars for a little while. That actually works like amazing. Really? Yeah. Mm. As long as you don't have green ants in your backyard. <laughs> it does seem little buggers seem to be awake at night too. <laughs> yeah, so that, that also works really amazing. I mean, that's the whole camping principle. <laughs> and there was one other thing I was going to say that slipped my mind, but that's okay. It's pretty not important. <laughs> um, um, oh, yes, it is important. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> 
melatonin is actually made from the hormone serotonin, which is made from the amino acid um, phenylalanine um, tryptophan. So hence the protein, like a good protein. Um, But melatonin is also serotonin stimulated when you are cooler. Mm. So, you know, there's the whole thing about maybe even putting your feet in some cold water before you go to bed and stuff and don't overheat. Don't pile yourself up with blankets. So those might, you might be all snuggly and go to sleep, but that will guarantee you wake up. Mm. Do I mean you have a fan on? Well, maybe not, but, you know, some people sleep better in the aircon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the whole thing. Like, you know, um, just don't overheat. Yeah. You know, even in winter if you're having trouble, don't actually don't wear bed socks. Mm. Because it, it, keeping cooler will, you know, help you sleep better. And so a lot of problems with menopausal ladies, they wake up with a hot flush. Do they wake with a hot flush or is it because their melatonin's dropped? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Curious. Curious. Mm. Well, here's to better sleep. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit healinghandsipswitch.com.au. 